Beardy and the Beast, you're in review. Bada ba bada ba Hello and welcome to the Beardy and the Beast Year in Review, a discussion into the last year of the Beardy and the Beast. As always, if you like what we do, like and subscribe, or join the discussion in the comments or at our Discord. My name is Drew, and of course, joining me is our very own box friend, Dev. Box friend! <laughs> box friend! <laughs> box friend! References that all make sense now! <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were never out of time, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't like a year ago that we teased box friend. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, uh, another year of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a good year. I I think so, and I think like we've been a little bit l less consistent with our releases because we took some breaks here and there as to prevent us from you know burning out or whatever. But I think our quality has gotten better. Yeah, I think so too. Like our discussions are just getting more and more solid. Yeah. And we, we tend to know what each other's going to kind of talk about in a film mm -hmm. as well, which is, which is nice to like, even though like we don't script or prepare, obviously, but I think in the back of my head, it's like, yep, that's going to be something. There's going to be Drew going on about that bracelet. <laughs> And how, yeah. how it made perfect sense. You're the one who always brings up the bracelet. Yeah, but you're the one who makes it, says it makes perfect sense. It does make perfect sense. <laughs> Just because you hate it doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was good. Like a few small, small tweaks and uh, nobody would have been such a great film. Oh, yeah. But... Instead, it was just pretty okay. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, yeah, pop, popcorn flick. Yeah, but that was the year before this year. It was, but I'm <laughs> referencing it anyway. You would because you always got to reference the original in the sequel. <laughs> so, out of the ones that uh, we've recorded this year, what do you think? What would you consider your top film that we've recorded about this year? Hmm, top film that we were part about uh this is awkward i'm trying to remember because i like i know bell technically released last year but i think we kind of recorded our year in review before we did bell <laughs> i can't remember that's not actually the one we no bell bell was referenced in our original year in the review the the reason why it seems out of out of sorts <laughs> is because our year in review is based on our podcast anniversary date and not on yeah the that's right over the year bell was the first release of that year right that makes more sense no hmm, we started I, this year with lost in translation and we're finishing right. with uh in interview interview yeah all right i think boss level was surprising that was a movie i think we both went into just expecting to be you know something like the room <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but instead, it actually ended up pretty solid for what it was. Um, yeah, I think our I think uh, spoiler alert. Uh, uh, <laughs> our conclusion was uh, it was pretty good. Just if they had not tried to put it like make it video game themed, yeah, and just kind of done general sci-fi, it would have just improved the status of the film altogether. Yeah, I would say. 
um, Perfect Blue was another highlight. I really enjoyed rewatching that and theory crafting around it. And well, this is tough. Compliment. Like the entire first half of this recording year was so top notch. Yeah. Um, Lost in Translation, Man from Nowhere, Boy in the Beast, Cabin in the Woods, Law Abiding, Perfect Blue. Yeah. Like, and I, I would technically say the second half of the recording year was not as strong, but was still quite good. I think what happened with that, like the reason why is like this year we kind of broke from our pattern a bit. Mm. So the second half of the year really ended up being almost felt more thrown together because by the time we throw in our, our spooktober. And so we, we went from Buffy to Buffy and boss level to like tone it down from the insanity that was man from nowhere and law abiding and perfect blue. Yeah. And then Halloween happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we, over so much. I do too. But, but I think it, it meant it didn't, it lost that bit of a rhythm that we try to do with our schedule releases. Not a bad thing. Just yeah. what happened. <laughs> Cause what we do with a rhythm, like builds up tension and then releases it and then builds it up again. But back to the point, I would say our recordings, not necessarily the films themselves. Mm. Cause like in this list, the boy, boy and the beast and probably man from nowhere would be my top films that we watched mm. this year. Yeah. But if I were to say recordings, we're probably talking Perfect Blue. Yep. And you know what? Uh, Scream. Mm, Scream was good. It was just Scream was just a, a fun recording because it was the cursed episode. <laughs> so cursed. And Jamie's always a great guest too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That being said, what do you think was the? I don't want to say least appealing discussion but the least intriguing discussion out of the recordings this last year. The one that just immediately hops to my mind is the Northman. Yep. Like there just wasn't, there wasn't enough there. <laughs> and and we, we just kind of had to make stuff up and kind of hope it fit because the story was lacking too lack, too lacking. Hmm. And they really needed to put in the strong female characters because that would have added so much to that film. <laughs> when a film and a discussion of a film is not that strong, when Arcagemus released The Family Man, a film that nobody's heard of, um, was not only <laughs> a better movie, but it was also a far better discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bubble. By no means a great film blew the Northmen out of the water when it came to the discussion about the film. Yeah. Because there was actual content. Yeah. Um, that makes a huge difference. <laughs> and again, Bubbles' problem wasn't like the overall film was fine. It's just kind of like split it up a little bit. Cause yeah, getting, yeah. I got confused between wanting to do the romantic and wanting to do something more shonen. Mm hmm and just left it a little out of place yeah it, honestly though in retrospect because I've, i did the editing of bubble fairly recently i think i'm I'm usually more of a shonen guy opposed to a shoujo guy yeah and i think i would much have preferred because we we said split up the concepts into two completely unrelated series right yeah 
And honestly, the the shoujo split off would be the more intriguing one for me. Oh, 100%. And that's probably because that's was the more solid of content in that film. Yeah, the the shonen and I think that's part of it cuz he wanted if I remember correctly they they wanted to make it um they wanted to make a shoujo that would appeal to shonen. And they marketed it like uh shonen, like shonen. Yeah. And that's where the issues were. I mean, the shonen aspect was fairly generic shonen. Well, that's the thing, like, not everything needs to be a Bleach or a Naruto or a One Piece or yeah. Hunter Hunter, etc., etc. I'm sorry, but like, uh, Cardcaptor, uh, Sakura, uh, Sailor Moon, freaking Utena, like, these, these were giant. Yeah. These were giant. I mean, um, objectively better but objectively smaller than the shonen offerings but you don't need to go for actually something the western market has a lot of problems with these days you don't need to go with marvel levels of success to be successful yeah not everything needs to not only hit a home run financially but like land in the field you know three counties over no just need to produce a good film that appeals to a lot of people and honestly, a shoujo release uh, bubble would have been fine. They could have even kept the sports aspect. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, there's lots of shoujo like that. I mean, um, She's Got Game is, a, is an example of that. The manga, right? Uh, basketball. But it's shoujo. And, and that's it, too. Like, one thing I liked about it was it wasn't the... Like the shoujo aspects of it was there. It wasn't the Sailor Moon type shoujo, mm-hmm. which is all anyone seems to think shoujo is over here because I don't know. They've never actually looked outside of the mainstream <laughs> offerings. <laughs> I mean, that's a good offering, though. I was watching a video talking about some horrible shows that have been out there, and it's just like, it's just so clear. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to make a shoujo thing. And it's very obvious the only thing they've ever watched is Sailor Moon. Maybe Utena and maybe Tokyo Mew Mew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's good, but there's so much more out there. It is a letdown, because, like, aside from some of the basic love tropes, uh, a lot of the shoujo tended to be more experimental than the shonen offerings. Yes. And not that I was, again, I've never really been super into shoujo, but I get the appeal. I really yeah. do. I mean, there's the shonen offerings that spring from traditionally shoujo companies that are surprisingly interesting because I get that experimental um Sabasa Chronicles is the one that immediately comes to mind mm-hmm. right it's like made by the same people who did uh, card capture sakura yeah that, very show <laughs> that that make it yeah you can you can see that a lot of that in the manual actually like the early especially early clamp um yeah seems there seems to be themes and style that is that have been drawn from the Korean manhwa and what do they call them again? The strip styled comics, the ones I hate. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never really read them because I also don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of influence from early clamp there. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's one thing too. So spe- speaking of clamp X, right? Yeah. Technically shonen. Yes. But very rooted in shoujo. Like you can feel it. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that they illustrate friendship and they, mm-hmm. they seem to portray friendship as 
in more of a romantic style. Yeah. Uh, than you would typically see in um, Shonen. Yes. I mean, that being said, Naruto kissed Sasuke, so. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just obvious, right? (laughs) (laughs) No one gets Sakura. (laughs) (laughs) So given this past year of recording, and I guess I could say the past uh, two years, even though it is not a two-year in review, it is only a single year in review, um, <laughs> are, are there any sequels that you'd be interested in watching that we've covered the uh, the original or the first? Oh, sequels. That you want um, to. <laughs> that I want to, as opposed to what we may or may not have planned for some time in the middle of the year. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, a big sequel that I'm super excited for even though there's no real release time for it yet is um silent hill honestly i got a little rant about that very mixed in to the sneak peeks and the um spoilers and trailers that they've released so far i actually don't know what they're releasing i know there's supposed to be a movie and there may or may not be a text-based game yeah, I saw something about a text-based game. It's like, I mean, it's better than a pachinko machine. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on the quality <laughs> of the game. I'm sure it'll be more of a game than a pachinko machine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pachinko machine is like just above slots level of game. <laughs> yeah, all I know is Gaines is supposed to be back for it. And I think he's going with Silent Hill 2, which will be interesting. So I think that I think that's a challenge. Mm. I think going with silent hill and silent hill three like revelations did is um a safer choice mm. but because silent hill 2 is the it, it's what everyone thinks of when they think of silent hill so it it's going to be be interesting i think uh when that comes out i think for me i'm probably i'm most interested in scream 2 and both intrigued but worried about Sicario too. Yes, I was going to mention Sicario as my other one because of that same thing. And, and much like we discussed in that that video itself, Sicario is just such a well pieced together film. Mm-hmm. It's got the right the right character development. It's it's got amazing pacing. Um, the fact that we're with, oh, I cannot remember her name now. Kate, Kate, I think like just having her perspective was really, um, showed with the grays of, of what they were doing and really added to that film. The only thing I know about Sicario too, is there's no Kate like character on the poster, yeah, <laughs> which makes me hesitant about it, but optimistic because it's mostly the same people working on it again and it could it could be all right as as long as they focus on the drama aspect and the pseudo thriller aspect opposed to focusing on the action yeah because that's one thing that stood out to that poster to me and i i want to go in super blind for everything right yeah and you just have the the two dude characters uh holding um you know, automatic weapons. Yeah. You're just like, mm. yeah. And I, I like to think 
that some of this is going to be just, well, let's face it, Hollywood hasn't done the best in general the last little while. True. And sequels generally don't tend to go well. So I'm hoping that the negativity that I'm thinking is that I'm worried about is just coming from more current state of media and hopefully they actually keep it together well. So oh, it's, I mean, that's a decent hope because at the time of release for Sicario two, there was still a hope for that form of movie, right? Yeah. Not everything needed to be blockbuster. So I think it's a reasonable hope. I mean, it's easy to squash, but yeah, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot of the movies we did this year don't really have sequel opportunities outside of like scream i think yeah um, i mean i would have liked an alita too yes <laughs> um like split up that movie like two-thirds of alita and then take the other third and add to it and then create a second movie that would have been great yeah um and- actually that's one in hind hindsight after the discussion that i think should have been two movies and not a series yeah, I don't think it would have worked quite as well as a series. It, it, it's one of those. Well, I mean, so the the other series that comes to mind is um, that's comparable is like Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of that that's similar, similar ish cyberpunk style, and much like Ghost in the Shell and Standalone Complex, like you can just tell that pacing and that the tone isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are good in their own right, but it's very different tones. And I think moving Alita to a series would have just ruined the tone, ruined the tension, but I I'm leaning more towards you to splitting up the movies though, though I fundamentally agree with what you just said, using very similar examples, ghost in the shell, the, the original movie versus standalone comics complex it is very possible to take a good thing and make it better with the shift in tone yes especially when you cut out like 40 percent of the talking yeah <laughs> man i love so ghost in the shell but all they do is talk you know i, I love ghost in the shell and the other seminal cyberpunk one i can't stand i can't i have never gotten through akira uh it's okay yeah i keep being told oh no it's amazing it's like nope i get 20 minutes in i'm like don't care anymore <laughs> well it's like the movie that shall not be named right yes it's like that's very true anyways kind of speaking of anime a bit here it's kind of like talk a little bit about the second wall yeah now we got uh maybe it was us not being attentive or paying attention. We were quite busy over the last three months, both of us. Um, but missing our intentions for the Trigon release, because we were intending to go into that yeah. as a record and release like same day of. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying we missed the boat there, but it just kind of like slipped by because there wasn't as much fanfare. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. Like I I don't know. I was ex- I was expecting like a spring or summer release for that. Mm-hmm. And like, just hanging out with some of my other friends and they're just like, Oh yeah. Just check out the first episode of Trigon. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I'm too busy trying to catch the latest episode of Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that basically to fill that same slot time slot as Bleach. Um, yeah, I think it would have been interesting to do. I think it's an idea I like to do for the second wall. I'll just have to keep up on it. And I guess it's part of it. As much as, I mean, obviously we've talked about anime manga quite a bit throughout. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly fans, but we're not, it doesn't consume. <laughs> like, we're not actually going to see what the exact releases are and such. Well, that's the thing. Like, the, the best way to state that to mansplain for you is that, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Um, we, we appreciate the art forms, but we are by no means weebs or otakus. Yeah. Maybe in our early 20s, late teens, we could be yeah. referred to as such, but. Our interests are way more diverse when it comes to any type of art form that we can't be put in that box. Yeah. That being said, uh, given that we didn't get on that train, I'll probably just end up watching Trigun on my own. Yeah. Especially right now, because we're still in the middle, just kind of in the, the second third of Firefly in our release schedule which such great conversations like if you're to ask me our firefly conversations are probably on par with the single season uh that is carol on tuesday angela cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would agree it, uh, firefly was so obviously we've done three second walls at this point Mm-hmm. Uh, we're done. Carolyn Tuesday, uh, even though, uh, which was very interesting because we came from that. It's like a show that I had watched multiple times. So being able to lead the conversation around that was really interesting. I think kind of give a neat dynamic to the structure of it. Yeah. Uh, and then we move into Eveno Jenkin, which neither of us had seen. Like, I literally went on, it's like, best slice of life. And found a short one like slice of life, androids, cool, done. What was it? The, the conversation <laughs> leading up to that though, it was it was funny because you're like, yeah, you should check out Slice of Life. And I'm like, I have absolutely no interest in Slice of Life at all. And you're like, but I'd like to cover something. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> I trust I trust your suggestion here, but I am not interested. And then you're like, what kind? And I'm like, I don't know, sci-fi? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we ended up with Eve No Jiken. And that being said, the conversations, I don't feel like we had, it might be because it was Slice of Life, but I don't feel like we had the material to v- vibe with mm-hmm. and work off of when it came to the discussions. Yeah. But I think there is some interesting tidbits in there. Yeah, it was an interesting one. So, I mean, obviously, no structure. We're both going into it blind. I think. Heck, half the recording I think we did in one night. Like we just watched a couple episodes, then record it, then watched a couple episodes, and record it. Well, um, that's because like <laughs> the series <laughs> is essentially just the, a long movie chopped up into a bunch of episodes. Yes, <laughs> or something like that. So like when we're talking like watch three episodes or whatever, ten minute episodes. Yeah, ten fifty minute episodes. Um, but it was because it was light on a lot of the the 
like the character buildup and such that we saw with Carol and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was interesting that they stripped up that stuff to focus, in my opinion, a bit more on the philosophies that were around it. Yeah. Now, there's some of the argument about how successful did they do that, mm-hmm. which is part of what we talked about. But it was one of those situations where it was clear that they knew what they were aiming for and they leaned into what they were aiming for, uh, which made it really interesting. And going into it blind, like we both did in that case, I think is helped lean into that philosophical aspect a bit more too, because it's what's there. You can let the other things slide around it. And then of course, second wall of firefly that's in fantastic conversations. Uh, It's really interesting to go into a series that we're both very familiar with Mm -hmm. because it, leads the conversations uh honestly some of the hardest parts about recording that has just been but i know what happens in serenity (laughs) (laughs) but as we as we found out i'm not gonna go too far into it but serenity is loosely based on the series (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i i i'm just gonna say throughout the series the entire recording so we've already recorded all of the firefly and we've recorded serenity it's just our time and editing means we can't release it all in one go to a level of quality that we would like yeah so my favorite part of that and it's i'm gonna say it i'm not gonna go too deep into it we come to the conclusion that either river tam is just hyper observant or if not, it means that ghosts are real. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a that is a, a broad observation that will require like what listening to a bunch of the episodes and listening to the Serenity one. But I just like I was thinking about that the other day and I'm like we're so hashtag super smart. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's almost like hints of the um, her, her, Haruka Zumi is missing mm-hmm. when we kind of came to that. It's like, it's a ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the next thing. So, like, I do at, at work, I do the sarcasm thing. Somebody says, like, why isn't uh, why isn't this working the way it's supposed to be? And my responses are usually like, because you don't believe in dinosaurs, uh, because you didn't pray enough as a child, or I go, I don't know, it's haunted. <laughs> so those are yep. my three sarcasm responses. So I might workshop this into a bit of a meme. <laughs> oh, ghosts. Uh, yeah, ghosts. Always <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> but I, I think people can look forward to the second half of the Firefly, which is an ongoing release right now. And then Serenity, which will probably end up coming out probably March. Yeah, probably about that. March sometime. We got a pretty good consistent, we got a more consistent release schedule, amazingly, with the second wall than we do with the media club right now for various reasons. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why the second half of the year was a bit weird too. Because like once we started releasing Firefly, we just went all in and releasing Firefly. Oh yeah, because we wanted to get a bunch out there. So we yeah. did like a month and a half of just Firefly, 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 which was yeah. a good release and objectively did good for our now 
technically thousands of listen slash views per platform. Yeah. Uh, however, it did kind of make the second half of the year a bit light on the media club side, which yeah. I mean, it's fine. Cause like, not going to lie. We were more interested in playing a couple video games than recording over the last part of the year here. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of this is like over Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, yeah, no Christmas birthdays, just chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we get, we so. get saddlebag there too. Cause like don't record with game on my birthday. Yeah. And Christmas we like take two weeks off. Um, and then we don't record with game on your birthday. Yeah. So like <laughs> just instantly uh, over the course of three months, that's four weeks down. Yeah. Yeah, we probably recorded half of what we normally do, mm-hmm. if that. Like, to the point that we're, oh, we should probably start recording some things. We might run out of stuff in the bank. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some good stuff that I want to um, watch. Like, uh, was a girl who left through, leapt through time? Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that one. Um, so that was that's the Studio Chizu one as well. Uh, so, again, people who did Bell, Boy and the Beast. I'm looking forward to that one. It's one of those ones that's been like, it's on the top of a lot of lists. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I want to get uh, a couple more featurings in. I know Ashley wants to do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I only know the title. So that'll be fun for me. And I am. Jamie said he wanted to do something like horror creep show, like full B movie, maybe C movie. And we'll just let him geek out on it. Yes. Which I'm totally down for because it's always interesting seeing, talking to someone who is enamored by any type of subject. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think um, letting Jamie pick a movie yeah. will, will be an interesting thing. Um, I'm half tempted. <laughs> when it comes to kiss kiss bang bang is to do it without ashley just because that way we've done all three of her favorite movies with her. <laughs> we you know we we still need to have a conversation and uh watch party um for her short film pity party available on youtube for free great movie i guess star <laughs> Yeah, from what I hear, you steal the show. <laughs> Says uh, the comments on the Amazon. Um, uh, yeah, we do need to arrange that. We need to. She's, she started doing her podcast again. We need to go in there so we can just go crazy again. It's fun. <laughs> Some others, actually. You know what? To be honest, after I get after I have like a long winded spiel about not being weebs, right now I'm. Mostly interested in Girl Who Left Through Time, Lookism, and um, intrigued by Beauty Water. But I guess Lookism and um, Beauty Water are Korean. Yeah. Beauty Water is like an animated horror thing. Mm. Yeah, the trailer for that looked really interesting. I'll probably end up... Objectively, I'll probably end up hating the animation style. Because it's that weird 3D slash animated crossbreed yeah you know i've seen a couple of that are like that now that i i was kind of hesitant about um 
Arcane was a big one. I'm kind of like, I don't know what I think about this art style, but it grew on me. And it helps that the show is really good. You, um, you, you know when it's the the two strong bicep handshaking and it's like this demographic and that demographic and that has arcane in the middle. It's like legitimately everyone I've talked to, it doesn't matter like um, if they're a member of the LGBT, if they're, you know, conservative or liberal or political bullshit or um, they're very picky or not picky at all about the media um, that they like. They have yeah. all said positive things about Arcane, and that just tells me, like, it's probably good. You know, it, it's interesting. I was, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this was just some, like, random comment that I saw, not mm -hmm. anything in advance, but it's talking about, it's just talking about media. It's like, okay, am I just, like, old and I'm not with it anymore? Is that what's happening? Like, with all of these <laughs> movies coming out? And, and, because again, like, we, we talk about, we've, we've talked about the Hollywood sludge a lot yeah. <laughs> throughout our podcasts. Um, it's, it's no mystery what we think of what's happening with a lot of media nowadays. I gotta, I gotta Kanye and, you for a second here. I'll let you get back to this, but, um, we're not a reference to make anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not saying our taste is good. No, <laughs> we're just saying that Hollywood right now is just a sludge of churned the same constantly. Yeah, and 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 that's what this comment was saying. But and, and I mean, it, it's a legitimate thing. These are things that I just think you know it's part of you know getting older and telling kids to get off our lawns is sometimes what is it changes and we are no longer with it. But he's talking about this is like you know maybe I just don't understand the media anymore and. Then you have these few pieces like Arcane and everything everywhere all at once. Mm. Where it's just like, nope, nope. Stories have just gotten bad. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing that I think we kind of talked about this with Squid Game uh, last year as well when we, we did that. What was um, it was just refreshing to have a mostly coherent story. Well, just, to, uh, <laughs> to kind of revisit that, like this fully is explained by what you're saying. So everything we liked about Squid Game was the stuff that was obviously the primary story. The stuff that we didn't like, we even found out that was legitimately just thrown in by the hand of the producer. Yeah. So by my like tinfoil hat conspiracy that most of the things that ruin a piece of film <laughs> or a series that we're watching is probably producer intervention. 100% right, and it just happened to be the Hollywood sludge that was added in. Yeah. I mean, hands, Handsome Cop is handsome, but yeah, Handsome Story is handsomer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think, like, so so obviously mentioning um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Arcane, I mean, Everything Everywhere All at Once is lower budget. Mm-hmm. Very good. Top tier film. Again, it knows what it did. And it plays with multiple genres very well and merges them together very well. And Arcane is, you know, it's got some budget behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a massive game company that's doing it, right? But it was, again, you could, you can see the passion in it. And again, just good story writing. It makes sense. You, like, <laughs> you're not jumping and guessing. 
Like, well, to me, it sounds they they do something very good. It's also a very good entry point. Mm -hmm. So you can come in without having huge knowledge about League of Legends and be able okay. to enjoy this film and understand these characters based on how they're portrayed in the piece. Yeah, uh, it's actually an interesting thing. Cause like every time I saw the trailer for it before it came out, it was kind of like, oh, this kind of looks interesting. And I'm like, League of Legends. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> no, it is um, the kids who are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we just need more like that. And I don't know. I don't even know what's coming out this year anymore. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're in our own groove. We're not going to follow it. I, yeah. Technically speaking, you, you and I already know that our podcast would be five times the size if we just talked about anime. Yeah. And, but we, yeah. Just, we just do what we want. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what we want, <laughs> what everybody wants, clickbait. <laughs> Ooh, so as <laughs> so, so as always, we have a cornucopia of clickbait that I have produced over the course of this recording here. And I would like to know which ones you liked the most. All right. Now you don't have a number amount that you have to hit. If it's just one, it's just one. If you have three, it's three. All right. So I am going to scroll through a little bit here so right off the bat i like the scream i like that we just kept the sunglasses because that's what we did last year and it's the photo we have of jamie and it's like yep because <laughs> jamie won't give me a proper photo so i have to steal it from his facebook <laughs> i think you did really well with the bubble one mm. I, know you, I know you've worked on that one a lot and it shows it literally delayed the release by a day because yeah. I started doing it, threw away my work after two hours, and then did it again. <laughs> yeah. Ponyo one is hilarious because I'm half beard. <laughs> Ponyo is my favorite one. Mm -hmm. It did not take me that much time. Yeah. But it turned out so well. And when you look at the original that I edited from, mm. you're just like, wow, this actually looks like it was made by the people who did this. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of like the Secrets of Nim from last year. There was a, like you just had that one nailed it pretty well as well, I think. When you, you watch me do that one firsthand too. Yeah. I'm just like, clickety click, clickety clack, and done. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> So, sometimes um, it's the fast ones that are the best ones. Yeah. I just don't think of, like, sometimes you just don't think about it, just flow into it. Uh, let's see. I I really like the perfect blue one. Uh, and I hope what you did translates to someone who's just looking at the clickbait. Like, setting yourself up as a reflection. Well, that's and the it, problem with that one. Mine is vague. I did not do a good job at illustrating the transparent reflection. Mm -hmm. um, part of it is there is a different texture to your face than mine. Yeah. And the other is the transparency issue. Yeah. But I, I really do like it, but I did not nail it. Yeah. I like what, I like what we were going, what you were going for with it. Like yeah. it's one of those things that captures it very well. Again, in the same way that like the difficulty we had with the Kaguya one. Mm. Where it's just like this is exactly what it needs to be for the film. It makes perfect sense for it. 
does it show the audience what we're trying to do? Um, Probably not. I don't care. Yeah, but uh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, honestly, the last, I really like the Lost in Translation one. I like it. It was the perfect scene for it. Mm-hmm. But I had a problem at the beginning of the recording year and the end of last recording year with your and my faces being kind of washed out. Mm-hmm. And it takes away from the clickbait. So I did okay on you on you in Lost in yeah. Translation. But on me, I am not satisfied. I was not satisfied when they released it. But there's just a point, right? Yeah. Concepts that I liked. Man from Nowhere. I just see. Yes. The, the fact that that's supposed to be a container with supposedly the eyes of this girl that he was trying to protect. Yep. And I just replaced it with her heads. I thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious. My favorite is definitely Ponyo. Mm. But I think I did a good job with Boy and the Beast. Especially with the... I did the same, like, a similar job with the Cowboy Bebop movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I found it very easy to translate our faces into more of an animated style. Yeah. And have it work. Unfortunately, if you're looking at the Instagram, you can't get... My second favorite one is actually the Beardy and the Beast X Foggy uh, Isle Film Festival mm. one. But you can't really tell the whole thing if you're looking at Instagram. You have to see the full uh, 1080p or like, was that 7 by, no. 16.9? Yeah. Image, because you can see like the, the fun graffiti I put on the wall and like the little details when it came to it. It's not yeah. that intricate, but like having the Aerith lives and not only uh, a callback to Final Fantasy, but a callback to Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. So just like stuff like that. So I would say my two favorite are probably going to be Ponyo and the uh, the collab one. Yeah. Um, I think I, I like the, the Foggy Isle one. The one thing I would have changed about, and I know we kind of discussed it when we were figure out how that clickbait was going to look Yeah, was um, having some of our other clickbait on the poster on the wall as well. Yeah. Like it would have been like a really interesting place to throw in like Haruka Azumi is missing again, where well, it has was, that similar style. And well, there was two in the 16 by nine. Was there? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the Instagram, so I can't see yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I will tell you what they were. It was ET and cabin in the woods. Um, but I think Kurokozumi is missing would have been better than Cabin. Yeah. I think I chose Cabin because we talk about Cabin. Mm. And I chose E.T. because Ashley was in E.T., but also we talk about E.T. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why I chose those. But I do agree there was probably better choices. Mm. And that one did really well on SoundCloud. Mm. And the podcasting circuit. Not so great on YouTube. I'm not too surprised with that just because it's what it is. I think a lot of indie and I mean, a lot of Ashley's audience is SoundCloud too, right? Yeah, that's true. So, so the people who are going to be interested in our discussion about that is likely going to be SoundCloud based, be be SoundCloud based. So no one on YouTube is going to have a clue what the heck it is. (laughs) You know, talking of YouTube, and talking of things that were totally 
conceived, recorded, and released within this recording year. The filler arc. <laughs> and Greece. Yep. <laughs> totally. Yep. Totally haven't called you about that. Called you out on that already um, in our year in review. Um, totally never mentioned it last year in our year in review. <laughs> so, um. so context on this. We recorded Greece before last year's year in review. Yeah. Um, there were some delays in it, and then there were some issues because the format, because Devin doesn't have his OBS set up to do a full res screen capture, because we kind of just did it on the fly. And it was an old, the older computer, too. Yeah. So oh, it was no. 720p, and we're just happy that the sound came out synced, to be honest. Yeah. So it kind of got put on the wayside and then I kept coming back to it. And the reason why it hadn't been released is because I was like, well, I can make a 1080p template, put an image of me, the back of my head and Devin's head on a couch and have a TV and then we can have it full res and stuff like that. And then eventually I just was like, if I don't release this, it's not going out. I'm not doing any extra work. I'm just clipping the ends and putting it up. Yeah. And... It did great. In fact, I even had a buddy of mine. He was like, "Hey, I want to see more content like that." Mm. So yeah, yeah, we've kind of been starting to play around with that idea in the back of our heads. Nothing concrete on that one at all, but but I think there's a lot of interesting things that we're will be coming from Greece as well, mm. like just jokes that we've made that are turning into larger ideas for mm. the channel overall, which will be. Which is interesting, and I, I think that's sort of my favorite parts about doing this. It's like watching it evolve and watching where some of these things come from. Like mm -hmm. Random ideas, like, huh, how's this going to play out? And uh, I don't think I've ever had any that that's felt like it's failed, <laughs> which is which is nice. I agree. And there's, I mean, we've had we've definitely had conversations. By the end of it, it was feeling a little bit forced. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually we're pretty good at letting the other person talk to uh finale and then end. Yeah. There's no rushing or pushing. I really like Greece because not only was it a discussion of the art of games, but we also talk about um, where it succeeded as a game and as an art piece and where it failed as a game and an art piece, especially coming from, two completely different interests in video games yeah but a very similar respect mm -hmm. uh, me being obviously more fps and i guess you could probably third person games and you being more metrovania but also having the respect for like the third person yeah i wouldn't mind doing a playthrough um with you co-piloting on journey mm, that, that could be an interesting one i could see yeah i haven't played it yet so yeah, and that's one of the. I mean, the the filler arc it is a testing ground. Yeah, right? in theory, something from the filler arc might get its own title in the long run, like the second wall and and such. So, if gaming content is something we do, yeah, we'll figure out a name for it or something. Yeah, well, and <laughs> uh, I mean, and if we um, if we explode and it's a good thing, it might even get its own channel and own distribution yeah. method, right? Yeah, um, one of the hard, I think, the hardest thing that is in both of our minds when it comes to the the game content is 
finding something that's I don't think we we want to we don't want to grab like a 20 30 hour game. No. We like uh the the idea is to talk about the mediums and such and be somewhat more bite sized. So again, a 6 or 7 hour kind of experience is what we're what we're looking for and yeah, sometimes it's hard to figure out what type of game to do with that. Well, um, simple, you just take an $80 game off the the shelf and you'll get 7 hours of gameplay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it also makes it interesting because there's some games that like I know we could have some good conversation around, but it's just way too long and fantastic. But like um, Hollow Knight hmm. would be a game that I could see there being lots of conversation around. It's got just the right artistic bits, the right challenge from, from the gaming side. But, you know for like a 20 30 dollar game that game took me like 60 hours to beat yeah <laughs> like well, it is not a small game the speed run is five hours <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like being able to maintain that level of conversation mm-hmm. for that amount of time is very difficult yes um in fact i think greece is probably most of the way to the limit of that mm-hmm. i think it could be about 30 percent longer and us being able to maintain it and keep it engaged yeah and it could could be a little different like i mean if we had like a 10 hour game that you know we didn't sit and binge play through in one day like we did with Greece. <laughs> yeah right um but at the same time it also let the conversation flow very normally from scene to scene because we just did it all in one sitting and uh, had an idea of where we're going with it so exactly um, and so, i mean some some experiences like that like, I think Grace would have been more powerful had you played it alone without mm-hmm. that interaction. Um, but I also liked the ability to share your, you experiencing Grace alongside uh, the person watching. Mm-hmm. And there's a uniqueness to that because we have very different perspectives on video games. Yeah. One of the highlights there is, like, you... You had trouble with the boundaries of Greece mm-hmm. and what informed you something was impassable versus what was solid ground and what was fall through or whatever. Whereas yeah. I was able to perceive it very naturally without any issue. Mm-hmm. And we discussed that and we have conversations regarding that and like even something down to that detail. Yeah. We discussed and I thought it, it was a very nice flow and it was a very nice experience. The two points that really jump out at me with Greece on the, the more jokey side <laughs> is um How you it was totally recorded me, in twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> um yes. Um <laughs> the um the amount of times you had to tell me to stop trying to break the game. That's what happens when you keep trying to like <laughs> squeeze between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> no. um, and so, of course, I watched us putting it live on the YouTube on the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, totally just shortly after we recorded it. <laughs> and and there's one little piece of music that plays, and so so I'm watching it back, and I'm just like, huh. That song kind of reminds me of Melodies of Life. Mm. And I just go pause the video and I go and listen to Melodies of Life, come back, watch, put on Grease, hit play, and immediately, huh, this kind of sounds like Melodies of Life. I'm like, well, <laughs> called it. 
<laughs> I'm a genius in real time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just really stuck out to me as kind of being hilarious. Um. <laughs> it was it was fun being able to share that with somebody. Have someone like the ability for someone to watch you and see where our minds are at when we're discussing this piece because this is to be honest if you wanted like if the listener or the viewer wanted to see how our thought processes and our discussions evolve the best way is to watch the grease episodes because it really is just an expanded version of media club but you can yeah. see how it evolves in an unedited way and yeah. it's kind of like a look inside our minds when it comes to us analyzing any type of piece yeah and, and it's really interesting because it's the again we edit the second wall and uh the media club differently um gives them their own little bit of a style but mm-hmm. regardless of the light touch editing or the heavier editing they're both edited edited <laughs> and that sounds weird <laughs> you're saying weird. um well, you're not supposed to call me out on it. <laughs> That's what fans um, are for. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's really interesting to hear not only us completely unedited, so because there's no opportunity to edit in that way. There's mm-hmm. a video clearly with it, so you can see where our pauses are, where our minds wander to in games, and sometimes getting back on track, and it's. It's an interesting experience. I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, we've talked about it's like if we'd thought about it, you know, a decade ago, we probably could have done really well on Twitch or something. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some and there's some there's some good places. Like, I definitely want to follow up and do another uh, release of currently titled "The Filler Arc" because it yeah. doesn't have its own title, um, but. Probably me playing this time because we switch on and off like that. Um, Journey or Lone Sales because mm. they released a sequel to Lone Sales. And I played the original Lone Sales around the same time I played Greece, which mm. the original Lone Sales was not as powerful as Greece, but it was to me as engaging. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what matters, right? <laughs> so for, for video games in general, though, is there anything in this recording year unrelated to the channel? Any games that you played that uh, you found particularly outstanding or even a letdown? So I've played a bunch of games kind of new and old. Um, again, bearing in mind, I'm a Metroidvania type player. I like mm-hmm. my, I like that type of platformer. So Dread, mm-hmm. Metroid Dread, uh, just... Of course. Uh, so glad to finally get Metroid 5. Uh, I think technically that was still came out near the end of last year. But yeah. Yeah, I, I just recently replayed it. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to look at the sequence breaks. But I only looked at the sequence breaks. So I got so lost. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm on no critical path. And I don't remember what it is anymore. So that was fun. Again, got the the new computer. I technically had the new computer at the end of last year. I think I got it right around the end. Um, so really enjoyed uh, finally playing Cyberpunk. Mm, uh, great. Game. Haven't 
I haven't beaten it. Uh, I I have some issues with the game. Like yeah, I like the atmosphere. I like the 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 characters, but knowing the tabletop and knowing that all of the paths should feel viable, it doesn't feel like that way in the game. Like, mm. So I wanted to try to be you know the stealthy hacker chick type character, and it just does not work. And then I got blades, and blades are fun. <laughs> there was a lot to be desired in the hacking side. Like, you don't even really get to go into hacking worlds yeah, and interact in that way, which is something that the, uh, yeah, the, the Shadowrun games, there's like three or four Shadowrun games that have actual, like, hacking environments, yeah, which play similar to, and there, was, there wasn't anything that like that in Cyberpunk. I think the two major criticisms of Cyberpunk that are wholly valid is... Um, what you've mentioned already and honestly the way vehicles drive yeah it's took a little bit to learn <laughs> like the mo the motorcycles aren't realistic at all and the cars feel like they're on rails they don't feel natural yeah. i've never jumped in the, the car and i don't have the knowledge of motorcycles as some people in this podcast do <laughs> <laughs> they real good <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've gone off on bad motorcycles <laughs> several <laughs> times this year. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't mind driving around on the motorcycle. Driving the car was crap. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, again, I don't have the visual issues you do with the motorcycle because, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I actually find if I didn't switch to the blades, I would have stopped playing the game altogether. I could see the that. Hacking, the hacking is... I don't know, just not powerful enough. And the, like, it, it's not viable to go through just using hacking. Mm. Um, it, it's a more accurate way to say that. And the, the gunplay is just not, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything except when you're in the uh, silver hand sections. Like, the silver hand sections is like one shot, one kill <laughs> for like everything. But I just felt like everything felt like a bullet sponge. Again, part of that's probably because I was trying to go with that stealth hack build, so there's some skills missing there. But oh yeah, and the inventory system's terrible. I, th I think it is to become to get realistic—not the greatest term—but to get something that would be more realistic to the time to kill in real life, you need to like wholly focus in and build to something specific. Yeah, it's like oh, I actually have to stack crit and then use a sniper which i built into using my skills and then i'll be able to one shot a guy yeah it's instead it feels like the mobs is a resident evil boss yeah <laughs> for for me uh elden ring mm. and i am i am not a uh souls like gamer mm. and i'm not an open world gamer and I absolutely adored Elden Ring. I got 120 hours in, and then recently I spun up a new character. Mm. I'm like 17 hours into this new character. I haven't... So I've watched my friend play Elden Ring to like... I think he's like New Game Plus 4 or something now. Mm -hmm. um, and I like the Souls games, but again, I'm not a big 
open world mm-hmm. person. Um, Breath of the Wild has been like the major exception of this game's just captured me and made me want to hundred percent fully explore the world. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I still haven't played it myself. It's a lot of it. While the world is interesting, I think it loses some of the storytelling abilities that like Dark Souls Bloodborne has mm. because it's so open. So it's so easy to miss like some key environmental part. And it's, I don't know, I'm not the type that wants to go and track down every single little piece to get this one spell that's like required for any type of build. A lot of open world games have a lot of padding. Even like on our, so on the new game plus two, because like he was going for all achievements. Uh, this is for one of my other projects, like an, another stream that I do. Um, going for all achievements, and we we just realized like not even speed running, so no speed running tech at all. It's like the critical path takes like three hours mm. if you know it, and it's just kind of like that's a lot of padding. That's why I haven't played it yet, uh, but I definitely get the appeal of the yeah. game overall. It's more, it is more of an experience. Mm-hmm. So to be like, I don't think it's a good experience to co-pilot on. Mm. I don't think it has the draw or the interest because half of those games are like learning the moves and learning how the enemies interact and like yeah, firsthand experiencing the visual storytelling cues. Like the souls like, so yeah, as soon as soon as you take it off the rails, what is left for a co-pilot experience is just out the window. I liked it better than um, Sekiro. <laughs> and Sekiro looks like it has a better story. Yes, it looks like it, it, it has a more tight story and such. The mechanics are completely different. Like I, mm-hmm. I've played a bit of it. Um, the, the thing that I like about the Dark Souls games, which I don't know why people forget this, and it's something that bothers me when people talk about genres because they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. <laughs> I've run into this multiple times, especially within the Metroidvania genre. They call it Metroidvania because you kind of go back and forth, but it's like, it's pretty level based back and forth. It's not the same thing. Dark Souls was a Metroidvania. It was meant to be a 3D Metroidvania. It was a 3D Metroidvania. Mm. It, all of the elements are there. So that's what I like about it. And you see it and it goes through Dark Souls two and three, a little bit less than the original. But again, you really see it in Bloodborne, like just watching the world kind of interconnect and all of a sudden you're back in the starting area after. So, so there's that exploration aspect that I like there that I don't find the same way in um in an open world game. Yeah. I was watching, um, I think it was a channel you showed me ages ago, um, where it's like the, or I might have just found it. Basically, guys, like, what's it like for uh, for someone who doesn't game to game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I like just before recording this, I'm watching him, you know, torment the lady he lives with with the Elden Ring. <laughs> and there there was something that was mentioned there that actually I think made me realize why again I like Breath of the Wild, but I don't like most other open world games. It's like it's not that I don't understand the telegraphing of the world, but it's almost so subtle that if you're just Running around on torrent, it's so easy to miss something. Whereas something Breath of the Wild is like, 
it's constantly drawing you into unique areas and there's always something interesting that's useful there well that's one thing that elden ring did very strangely to me they just 30 seconds in they just give you a mount Mm -hmm. seemed very odd to me yeah like usually you should have like at least this little actual starting area and then once you go out into the wide world once you've left midgard Mm -hmm. you can get your mount or your vehicle right yeah but elden ring just handed it to you because it's a really big world and you don't want to run everywhere it's like well then is it too big exactly like one one of the things that i like about in breath of the wild um cyberpunk actually has this too because like i don't have the same issues with the driving around it's like i'm interested in just like moving through the world yeah i mean we we've played um i don't know we, we've played a lot of a lot of games it's like things like i could play borderlands such like i could jump in the car or fast travel to these spots but i kind of like going there it's part of the experience and if you've got a good world mm. you should want to be able to experience the world right like I, I find the same thing and it was an issue that i had with dark souls 2 and 3 to some extent it's like they give you fast travel right away mm. and right whereas in the original dark souls you earn that <laughs> right like you don't get that till after you've beat you know ornstein and smo like and i think the and not the co-op in it just being so constrained to like specific areas yeah i think isn't quite as fun but though there's apparently mods for that which i would definitely be interested in trying playing it with like the seamless co-op mod or something but yeah elden elden ring with uh seamless co-op mod is very interesting i tried it a little bit with a couple buddies um yeah but they were inconsistent so we kind of stopped but as far as other games, I haven't really played too many except for my chronic obsession with Destiny 2. <laughs> um, Still playing it. You're mm-hmm. later. <laughs> um, um, but I mean, um, that's, that's exciting because they're coming out with the new major expansion called Lightfall, which is going to be, I think it's technically the final chapter of this book in the series. They do intend to go further after right. it but like this is gonna be the final bookend to what destiny 2 is about mm. and destiny 1 technically because it was always meant to be kind of like a trilogy was like their original idea for it, right well no it was uh micro activision <laughs> they were like it, it was always supposed to be one ongoing story mm. and activision came out and they're like no, you're releasing video games, so there's got to be sequels. Yeah. And then that was part of the problem. They like started developing uh, Destiny 2 when Destiny 1 is like a live service online game. Like, just imagine if they came out with the next, you know, uh, what's the Final Fantasy that's online? Final um, Fantasy Online? Yeah. 14? <laughs> yeah, what if they were like Final Fantasy Online 2? But like I mean, Final Fantasy 14. Online is still, yeah. But it's still. <laughs> oh yeah, I, was saying, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it, it was a problem that way. That that being said, the home built engine that Bungie is using is showing its age, um, even though it was updated. I'm I'm looking forward to the story beats here because they've been leading up to something really interesting. I mean, I've played this I think actually 20 times longer than any other game. 
literally X20. So you're invested. <laughs> is it X20 or X200? I don't want to do the math. No, it's X20. Um, <laughs> I haven't really played too many other games aside for the ones that we kind of do when we do our low key after parties after recording. And we did like played a bunch of games like we did Borderlands 3. Um, what was that chart? I posted a chart recently of games that we were playing. But they're all fun. Unfortunately, the games themselves haven't really been that top notch. We're doing Gotham Knights right now, and I've said so many times, like if I wasn't playing this with you and enjoying the fact that I'm playing with you, I would have quit this game like two hours in. <laughs> yes, you've definitely said that many times. Um, I think. Oh yeah, I forgot Remnant Two is coming out. That, that's good. Yes. Be yeah, uh, I think Outriders was. I think it was pretty solid until the end game. Well, and that was the problem with the DLC that came out that we didn't bother with. Yeah. It was six hours of story and then just more end game. And we're like, we didn't like the end game in the first place. Yeah. And we were completely down to like try jump into that. Right. But just seeing it was all end game against like, yeah, that, that's a shame. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's a choice they made. Um, yeah. I, I've enjoyed Gotham Knights. I think, I know I haven't had the same issues with the gameplay as you have, but again, I think it's because there's enough. Arkham Knight in it that I yeah. fell into that a little bit more. Um, it's actually stopped me from because I just recently got the Steam version of the Arkham games because I had them way back when on the 360, um, which I cannot get to boot up for the life of me anymore. So I was going to go play them again. It's like I think the controls are going to be close enough that it's going to mess me up. <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, I think what we probably only have like a session or two left of. Gotham yeah. Knights at this point. It'll uh, probably be post recording this evening and then probably another session after that. It's getting getting to the end of the spire and then maybe doing like a hard mode boss or two. Tiny to Wonderland is good. Um games that we you asked about ones that weren't so top of the mind or something. Um Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a new one. So right? uh, so this is the original one that I'm playing. Not, I heard not, the original one was the good one. Because again, so as mentioned, not the biggest fan of open worlds in yeah. general. But this one is very much related very positively to uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, nope, this makes sense. And, you know, I, I, I like the concept of this. I mean, who doesn't like catalogs and dinosaurs? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few things with it. One, it is closer to Tomb Raider than okay. like in the way it is like, sure, it's an open world, but you can really only kind of climb up the, you know, spots where it's got the white or yellow paint where you, okay. where you can, right? So there's no actual freedom there. And like mechanically feels like that, but massive. Oh yeah. I see how that's disharmonious. Right. Where again, it's like they had some smaller sandboxes in the Tomb Raider games, which were fun and open world-ish this is like no it's an open world but like that as a gamer i look at the map it's like yeah that looks like some offbeat area there's totally going to be something cool there no i have yet to find anything in any of these areas it's like oh this was worth my time not even a good view half the time <laughs> I'm, well, that, i'll probably uh, beat the game but i'm not gonna go off the beaten path anymore well there's a reason why you check behind every waterfall yeah, and when that's not rewarded, yeah, it's just 
it's a shame, right? Yeah. And it's just like, just consistently, like, again, I'm a good chunk into it. I could probably say I'm like halfway through the game or something. So consistently not giving me anything that you've actively disengaged me from the world. Oh, yeah, that's that's not good. Right, because it's like, I don't care to explore the world anymore. I know I'm not going to find anything there. And I've played the game long enough to to go, okay, if you give me something now, it's too late, because I don't care. Whereas, again, comparing it to Breath of the Wild, there was generally something there, even if it was just a Korok, little mini Korok seed puzzle. They were everywhere. So there was some reward, or again, just a pretty view. <laughs> Sometimes that could be a reward in itself. What's the thing like, and it can even come down to something as simple as the sound design, right? Mm-hmm. So if the music is atmospheric and the sound design's on point, the game doesn't have to be as engaging. So if it's failing yeah. to do that in tandem with all that, that ends up being troublesome. Yeah, having the engaging sound, having the engaging music is always super important, which makes me wonder, is there any good music that you've been listening to lately? Oh, okay. What have I done for music lately? So I know I'm pretty sure I talked about this last year about like one of my favorite bands being um, the Pretty Reckless. Yep. And how I wanted to go see them live. Yep. Well, I saw them live. Congratulations. <laughs> um, it was they weren't the headliners, which is a shame. Should they have been? I think so. Oh yeah. <laughs> She put on such a good show and the audience just didn't care. And I felt so bad. She didn't let it get to her. Like her performance stayed, stayed top notch, but not having that energy of the crowd. Mm -hmm. Like for my experience was a bit of a downer, especially considering like the other band that was there. I'd never heard of them. Apparently they're really big. I mean, it was all right, but just not what I wanted. That's like when you and I saw Sum 41 and Finger 11. It was like, why is Sum 41 here? Yes. <laughs> yep. Grant, uh, granted, that was post-sellout Finger 11, so we're also a bit like, why is Finger 11 here? This is true. It didn't help that I, like, I don't know if you remember, like, I had that big burn when we went into the mosh pit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> But Finger 11 was fun. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of talking about them in the Discord recently, like the point where they sold out yeah. the music channel. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still remember, like, I could, I, I just remember how we never really got too mad at it because we could at least watch the progression happening. <laughs> you know, what, one, one thing about that Finger 11 concert that was really fun is we, we started this thing where we got the crowd leaning back and forth. Yes. And then when they would lean to one side, we'd like quickly hop between them. And we legitimately like over the course of five minutes got from the back to the front. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> what else have I been listening to music wise? For, for um, me, it's still a lot of band made. Um, I mean, always. <laughs> I did get on for a long time. A long time i've been on a bit of a dream catcher kick so that's kind of a k-pop rock uh kind of feeling but my standards are still there um that is some new metal stuff and some hip-hop like i've been really liking um 
was it uh, Toby Nwigwe? Okay. Uh, he's, he's a hip-hop artist, family-orientated, uh, good song. I posted him in a, a music channel a bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, you know what? I'm still on Teflon Saga. Yeah, I'm still, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still rocking that song that I mentioned on last year's Year in Review, uh, Beretta Lake with St. John. I'm pretty sure you like just randomly post that in like every couple months or so. <laughs> it's, like, it's a good song. I get you know you know what it is. You can tell when I'm quite intoxicated because <laughs> I've I've probably posted a Teflon Saga song because like I just get hype, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm proud. I'm proud to say my black pink vinyl finally shipped out earlier this week. Nice. It got delayed because of shortages and stuff. And then, of course, like now it's with the worst tracking group I've ever seen, like worse than DHL. Ooh. So it like it somehow is in the status of shipped, but it's also in the status of waiting on parcel. Oh, yeah, it's that's like, not good. Schrodinger's K-pop <laughs> vinyl album. Oh, another band that I that I found a. I really liked. It's actually from that same concert that I went to, the the Pretty Reckless concert. And then they were kind of like double headline, but obviously no one was there for... Anyway, um, the actual opening act was um, someone called Hannah Wickland. Mm. Never heard of her, but I don't know. She just had just the right kind of like, almost like Joplin-esque okay. vibes. And I'm like, immediately I went and bought just as much merch for her as I did for the pretty reckless that i went there for because like no she needs to be supported because i can see her straight up though her always company. always buy merch just to kind of put that out there the way that merch works is it is either purchased by the artist or purchased by the artist from the production company so anything anything in the black goes directly to the artist it's not tied up it, there's no percentage that goes to the production company or anything like that buying merch is actually the best way to support artists you like yes even more so than buying their album or listening to them 50 times on spotify or soundcloud they'll get yeah. more money from you um in in support if you just buy their shirt at their yeah. show yes specifically at their show yeah. <laughs> um yeah and, and that's exactly what I did. It's like, no, this needs to be supported. She was really good. Um, see, otherwise, I mean, I don't know. My brother's got me listening to some country singers. Yeah, country's cool. Uh, lately. Yeah. Um, so it's like, uh, it's like, honestly, country is kind of just pop blues. Well, that, that's exactly <laughs> it. So, so it, it came from us. Like we were just talking about music. Um, we went and saw a, a show dinner theater. That was, you know, it's all right. But we were talking about, music from that and uh just talking about like how rock and country and and you know ska and all that all have that same kind of jazz r&b roots mm -hmm. so he suggested um, a few artists so i've been listening to uh miranda lambert is who i've been listening to okay to that uh that's been it's been good. And then like just remembering things like, oh yeah, the Dixie Chicks and uh like Carrie Underwood. You know, some of the stuff from you know a while ago, but it's like, nope, they they have some pretty good anthems there. <laughs> um, so just just been kind of expanding it that way. Nothing really has jumped out, except I'm contemplating trying to get tickets to Shania Twain. I go I go see Shania. Oh yeah. 
it's just do i want to spend that money like again still say one of the best concerts i've ever seen was shania twain <laughs> and i would totally go see her again i mean i'll never get to see prime marilyn manson or rob zombie i know that their shows were just experiences mm-hmm. same same with ramstein or tool wow oh. That would be amazing. I'd love to see them, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know if Bjork tours anymore, but I I would totally go there and be the only straight guy at that concert. Uh, music to seize too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the only other band that I've been listening to a lot lately, uh, another Korean band, of course, Full Pop. That's Red Velvet, mm-hmm. and they kind of switch between the full bubblegum pop to like the kind of a dirtier R&B sound. Yeah. Uh, but still on the pop spectrum, which is really fun. But honestly, since I started riding a motorbike, I've listened to less music. Mm. Because the times that I would go to walk somewhere, at least from spring to fall, I'm like, but I could ride my motorbike. Yeah. I really don't recommend listening to music while on your motorbike. You got to have all your faculties. But riding a motorbike has changed how I drive. Mm. I'm more aware and I used to be very anal about putting on my seatbelt. I'll get two blocks away and I'll be like, Oh, I don't have my seatbelt on because <laughs> uh, the motorbike and I just don't put on the music anymore mm. because I'm just so used to existing Not. in that space. Right. Yeah. I haven't found too much that interests me lately. It's all very like, maybe I am just getting a little too get off my lawn, but no, no, it is the kids who are wrong. <laughs> uh, but there's lots good of hip hop, and like I'm still, like I'm still picking up my Aesop Rock vinyl, and I'm still keeping in touch with um, Streetlight Manifesto and the Flatliners, and you know I love them. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm wondering, it's it's you know what it might be just because social media just ruins groups for you artists and stuff because all of a sudden there's no there's no more depth of the artist Mm. they're very engaged and they're using that art that they create as a platform for whatever nonsense that they're going on about whether or not i agree with them or not is not important yeah it's it's the fact that your voice is the voice of something that was integral to a moment of time for me it's associated with an emotion yeah. And now you're, you know, you're going off about, you know, flat Bigfoot theory. It's, I, yeah, it, it's, I'd like being able to separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's weird layers around this. So, I mean, one, our generation, eh, kind of retarded. Yeah, true. <laughs> but we're also like a generation that doesn't really have a large, younger generation coming up behind us. Mm-hmm. So all of the culture is the culture that we grew up with in, in a, in a much different way than our parents' generation was. So the fact that, you know, what we have one of our, you know, our viewers going on about on a discord going on about um, like my chemical romance, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like there was a I, conversation on that. I just found <laughs> my chemical romance. They're great. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is odd, but okay. So we have that. And then, you know, people, 
being able to say too much when they really should just shut their mouth. <laughs> well, I'm just and I'm then, just saying that flat Bigfoot theory is the only theory that makes sense because the reason why you can't see him most of the time, the reason why you haven't been able to film him appropriately, is he just turns to the side. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, I am on board with this theory. Flat Bigfoot theory. <laughs> but I, you know what? I think the, the thing is we grew up and evolved a culture we were the transition between that evolution and passing on of culture that was coming after us because of the internet are bathed in it yeah so it's just the components of all of these disparate things from random places the stuff that floats to the top that's the culture that they're bringing and sometimes it's hilarious yeah but and in some ways I appreciate it. Like some of the, the sense of humor and memes really is old school absurdist humor. Yeah. The memes. I enjoy that part of the, that culture. But I think when we talk about like even some of some of the older bands are still around or like, I mean, like again, Kate Bush, mm. like being like the number one for ages, all because of stranger things. It's like, yeah, that's where she was in like 85. <laughs> like a nickelback song from like 10 years ago is like trending now (laughs) well one one thing that pisses me off about this is when i when i do my like hey did you know natalie imbruglia's uh torn is actually a cover song they go who and yeah what song yeah and it was everywhere for like three years oh yeah uh it was like I was watching some video. It's like, this is, so there's a couple of things that kind of happened in the last couple of months. that just really made me realize how in, in some ways the art and how people are trying to use it has separated um, or gotten confused and just don't understand it anymore. Um, one, I was listening to, no, it was just some YouTube short and, and you know, they're, they're playing hurt. And they called it Johnny Cash's Hurt. Like, they completely forgot that that's a Nine Inch Nails song. Like, I mean, I mean, granted, it's Johnny Cash's now, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, to, to be fair, the Cash version is, like, infinitely better. Yes. But to be, like, joking about him making a cover and not realizing it's a cover, it's kind of like, okay. And, and I kind of get that. I mean, we, we have similar things with, like, um, Dolly Parton and Whitney Houston's... Uh, why can I not remember the name of the song? Yeah. Oh, I feel bad for not remembering the name of the song. I'll always love you. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I I get that part. But the the big one that jumped out at me is, like, people not understanding the context or changing it. I I know I complained to you about this. Respect or understand the source material. And it's... It jumped out at me. It means similar things that we've talked about in movies where you can just tell people, I'm a complete fan of this, so let's change everything about it. <laughs> and, and it's like, in some ways, I'm just like, I, I, I think they might be fans and just literally, or they think they're fans and literally just have no idea <laughs> and just don't realize what's being said. Like, just consume and then go consume next product. <laughs> I don't even remember how I got on that tangent, but yeah, you, you heard it here first, fans. <laughs> Devin hates musicals. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. I'm the one who hates musicals. 
<laughs> you can tell because he's a fan of the genetic opera, which is like, it was a terrible movie. Yes, but you get to see Paris Hilton's face fall off. And I don't know. I mean, it had Anthony Stewart head, right? Anthony Stewart head and Sarah Brightman. Oh, mm, Sarah, Sarah Brightman featuring the Gregorian chant masters. That's yeah. A, that's a <laughs> yeah. <What is> it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eden. Oh, also oh. one of the best AMVs out there. Oh. Speaking of <laughs> Trigun. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> with that, <laughs> um, now that we've shown our, it was, it was before the boomers forgotten. Uh, greatest. Greatest. To show us, show our greatest isms. <laughs> super old men even older than boomers um, with that this has been Beardy and the Beast year in review as always if you enjoy what we do like and subscribe join the conversation at uh, in the comments or at our discord and of course in our discord we often talk about things like anime TV movies comics manga music and gaming uh, Fiend Yay, Finn. <laughs>